0: all right it's the storm tracker podcast i am marcus benjamin here with my guy frank tucker representing for canescounty.com and we are tracking everything miami hurricanes and it's transfer portal week it's been a record-setting week when it comes to the transfer portal um over a thousand players have gone into the transfer portal uh, miami's on a few here and uh, a lot of positions in need for the Hurricanes when it comes to DB, running back, wide receiver, uh, just to name a few here. Uh, but uh, of all the names uh, that Miami has offered thus far, Frank, uh, which, which names are you, are you most interested in? Uh, which players do you think Miami has the best chance of landing?
1: Um, I mean, there's a few of them. I mean, a guy that they haven't offered yet that I think is is going to start picking up some steam is uh, Dante Thornton out of Oregon, uh, big receiver. Um, I think you know, receivers obviously a, a spot where they're looking pretty heavily. Uh, Dorian Singer, extremely productive receiver out of out of Arizona. I think he had like 1,100 yards, 66 catches last season. He's a he's a name to watch as as they start to finalize their options at receiver you know we got Robbie Washington and Ray Ray Joseph in this class and they're still trying to go after Tayshawn Lyons and, and Andy Jean and guys like that so um you know I, I think receivers is going to be a spot where they go after seven McGee is another guy that I heard Miami's talking to a little bit um explosive slot receiver uh, you know has some ability to jump in the backfield as as a receiving back as well um so that's an interesting name for me um you know and and then, obviously, you know Donovan McMillan just picked up an offer from Miami, uh, safety out of Florida. Um, you know, with, with Brian Ballum just transferring out, there, there's a need depth-wise um, to to bring in a safety, at least one um, in this class. Um, if you know, because there is no safety committed in 2023 right now. Robert Stafford probably has the makeup to be able to do it, but overall, Romany McLean's not that guy to play safety. And, and Antoine Jackson Spencer, though. Uh, they did get Caleb Spencer, but from what I'm hearing, Caleb Spencer is going to be more of like an overhang player. Um, he's not going to be a, a guy that they really utilize like an over-the-top safety, um, almost more like a linebacker. He might actually transition there at some point in his in his college career just because, you know, big body, you know, obviously a very physical player when you watch him on tape. There were times in high school where he was actually playing strictly as an off-ball linebacker, not even just as – and overhang safety. Um, so I, I, I don't see him, you know, being that guy to replace Brian Ballum and Avante Williams. Um, uh, and, and they're going to need somebody to come up behind cam Kenson's cam kitchens and James Williams. There's just not a ton of bodies right there on the roster. Some kind of similar to defensive tackle, uh, right now, you, you know, you lose Daryl Jackson, Elijah Roberts was playing some D tackle as well. They're gonna to have to find. They're gonna to have to find some D tackle, you know, options. Allen High's gone. Uh, you can't. You can't go in with just the the four or five guys that you got on the roster right now. I know Jacob Lichtenstein comes back for his 17th year of college football, <laughs> but uh, you know, overall, it's like you're gonna need some extra guys, right? Like you need some bodies. Yeah. And and with the way Cristobal has kind of talked about the trenches since coming to Miami, it's kind of surprising that a guy like Daryl Jackson would jump in. Jumping the portal. I know that there were some family uh, things on the background uh, that that forced him to go back to Florida State and Tallahassee. But it was super surprising for me. It was super surprising. I didn't hear any movement on that. He's going to have to even get an appeal to play next season because uh, this is his yeah. second time transferring. So a little weird. I, I think that they're going to start pushing really heavy for defensive tackle. Um, the, the offensive oh, yeah. guard – uh, from Alabama, I see him potentially ending up in this class. Hearing a lot of good things on that end as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And once again, this is uh, canescounty.com representing for the Rivals Network. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at canes underscore county. Also follow us on Instagram, canes.county. And also follow us on Facebook. Follow this podcast on all podcasts platforms including apple Podcasts, google podcast spotify and soundcloud uh but yeah you, you spoke a little bit about Javion cohen uh, now that's a player that i think miami uh really has some momentum with right now he actually did confirm that on twitter that that an official visit is locked in for miami uh from what i understand uh he's not coming this weekend but he'll be here next weekend so that is a guy who who definitely fills in you know some uh spots when it comes to the trenches. He's a plug and play guy immediately uh to that offensive line with him being a junior 6'4 305 pounds i think he is is something is somebody that miami definitely needs when it comes to the trenches and then also uh Miami did offer Tune to my Toon Miz Adele. Uh, uh, Demise. So, sorry if I butchered that name, Um, but he's definitely a guy that Miami offered out of Texas A&M, 6'4", 290. Uh, he's a guy that was previously committed to Ohio State before committing to the Aggies. Uh, redshirted his first year, uh, saw minimal action, but he's definitely a guy – who could be in that rotation for Miami. Miami also offered Dante Cephas, a wide receiver out of Kent State. Um, And they also offered uh, another wide receiver, Dorian Singer, uh, one of the top players out of the Pac-12 out of Arizona. And they most recently offered, as far as receivers concerned, is Rara uh, Thomas. Uh, a receiver out of uh, Mississippi State, uh just like Miami, they they have a mass exodus over there in Starkville. Bunch of players are jumping into the portal over there. Um, by the way, did you see the the the, the running back uh that 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 jumped into the portal from Mississippi State? What he said on there saying, um, you know, um, well, uh Coach Leach doesn't think I'm tough and he doesn't care if I leave. So I'm entering the transfer portal. Did you see that? Yeah. Do you remember what he
1: said uh, when they took a loss towards the end of the year? Nah. That his team, all his team wants to do is is eat fish fillets and and hang
0: out with their fat girlfriends. I was like, oh, oh my. Yeah, God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Le- Leach is is a national treasure, man. I uh, love that guy, but apparently that's not both. voting well with the players we got a bunch of players jumping into the portal including xavion thomas uh wide receiver at mississippi state nathaniel watson linebacker at mississippi state um and dylan johnson is the running back that i was speaking of um also in the portal so um yeah miami has kind of jumped on a ton of guys when it comes to who they're offering uh but let's talk a little bit about uh, who they didn't offer and who they should offer as far as who's in, who's in the portal. Who are some of those guys for you?
1: For me, Justin Flo, Justin Flo is the <laughs> most interesting name for I, If you go back and watch that kid's highlight tape in high school, he's the best linebacker I've ever seen. It, just from an evaluation standpoint, freaky athletic, dominates people. He, he little boys, people picking him up in the air and, waving to the crowd, you know, doing his best Willie Anderson uh, or not. Who was that? The the Georgia, the Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter did it at, at Georgia, but I, you know, he, he's, he's just the type of player that we've been fiending for at linebacker for a long time Miami, big, fast, strong, can drop into coverage, can come up and play the run. He can do all those things. And I think he fits a need at linebacker, right? Like, it's great to have Wesley Bassaint. It's great to have four kids committed. It's still great to go after Stan Kwan Clark. But you are trying to flip that room from what it was before. This has been a travesty since the time of Manny Diaz's arrival, right? Like we can talk about you know the Shaq Quartermans and the Michael Pinkneys and 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 Zach McClouds, right? Where that there was semi-success there, but it's been a long time since we've had really good linebacker play. Denzel Perryman is a old man in the NFL now, and. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's like him. make the Pro Bowl this year, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: He's 150 <laughs> tackles every year. You know, doesn't age. Um, yeah. But honestly, it, he's a guy that I think Miami, you know, fits really well right now. Obviously, he has that track record with Mario Cristobal as he was the guy who brought him, uh, you know, from, from California to Oregon as the number one linebacker in the country. Another guy that I haven't seen a reported offer, but I have heard that there is mutual interest is Tony Grimes out of North Carolina, former number one cornerback in the country. Uh, it was one of the top recruits in the nation uh, actually reclassed and, and left early uh, to go to North Carolina. So he's a guy that's actually younger than his, you know, experience in college football. And he's a guy that can really help the corner because you lose Tyreek Stevenson, probably to NFL draft. I don't know if that's officially been announced yet. Um, DJ Ivy gone, right? Like you, it's yeah. great to have Cormani McClain. If you get to Mari Brown, again, like it's awesome to have that 2023 class with potential early impact ability. But do you really want to be throwing an 18-year-old into the fire and lose that opportunity for development that it, you know, could come with maybe slow playing it a little bit, right? Like they did that with Wesley Besaint. They didn't rush Wesley Besaint into the fire. We probably wish they would have a little bit earlier so we wouldn't have to watch so much of Corey Flagg and Caleb Johnson this year. <laughs> but you know it, it, it is what it is, and I think it probably was good for him development wise. But overall, I, you got to bring in guys that can play right away out of this transfer portal. If they're talking about bringing forty to fifty guys uh, to to completely flip this roster of eighty five, then you, part of those guys that come in outside of the twenty five to twenty eight that they might get in that twenty twenty three class has to be early impact guys. So the 15 people, 15 to 20 guys you bring in the portal have to be really, really good players. They have to be Daryl Jacksons. They have to be Akeem. QMS. Yeah. You know, those are the type of players that you have to bring to get to the level of Alabama's and Clemson and, and Georgia and, and Ohio state. Like that's, that's where Mario Cristobal is talking about Miami going. That's why you give him a 10 year contract where he's one of the highest paid coaches in college football. We don't know the exact numbers, but we know that he's up there. So the, the, Those are two guys with the pedigree in place, the athletic traits, the size to be guys that could come here, completely flip the script of what their college career has been thus far and and be guys that fit
0: perfectly for Miami. Another guy I think is a perfect fit for Miami is Francisco Malagoa, man. Uh, When you talk about linebackers, uh, he – uh, fits the mold of the type of linebacker that Cristobal and this Miami staff want six, three, 203, 230 pounds, uh, really athletic uh, recorded 77 total tackles uh, for Washington state uh, and the three and a half sacks forced fumble and had a 95 interception for a touchdown. Um, he's just uh, an athletic guy that, that I would probably play over a Caleb Johnson um, or uh, maybe even a Corey flag as well. Uh, And of course he is the older brother of the five-star 20, 2023 commit Francis Malagoa. So I don't see, I don't see any reason why Miami wouldn't land him in the class like because he he just seems like uh, a slam dunk or, uh, for, for this class, for those, for those reasons, uh, you need more depth at linebacker. He's super athletic and you kind of lock in Francis Malagoa just in case he was thinking about, you know, going somewhere else. I don't think he does anyway, but still, um, I'm sure, you know, little brother is telling older brother of how great, you know, the coaching staff is or whatnot. And, and, um, A chance to kind of play with your brother, I I think is, is, is always a good thing. I I don't, I don't see that as, as a detriment in any way. So looking forward to just him eventually signing with the class, I feel best about him and uh, Javion Cohen signing to the class at this when it comes to uh, transfers, Uh, Bram Walden. That's another name that we, we, Got to mention, um, offered from Miami, one of the first offers for Miami, uh, another former Oregon West Coast uh, prospect here. And 6'5", 304, this is a guy that uh, another, uh, is, is another player that can add to depth to that offensive line. We saw how the offensive line was decimated with injuries. I mean, we had to play, you know, true freshman. Uh, on this line with the with Ness Cooper, which, you know, the future's bright for Coop, obviously, but, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you're playing true freshman So Bram Walden is another player to kind of keep on the radar uh, as Miami did offer him this week. Um, but, yeah, um, there there are, of course, depth concerns at certain positions because we had – we're up to 15 players that have transferred out of Miami, Frank. I mean, that's a lot. And that number's probably going to grow. And a lot of the players that transferred out were not surprises. A lot of them we kind of knew were going to happen or rumored were going to happen when it comes to Romello Brinson, when it comes to Gila Knighton, when it comes to Dad Franklin. we We kind of been alluding to that all season that these guys may jump in the portal based on lack of playing time. But uh, I think the biggest surprise, like you mentioned, was Daryl Jackson. Uh, Of course, that was a family situation, so I understand it. But as far as with the transfers, what position concerns you the most uh, based on depth? Defense tackle easily. Right now it's
1: it's alarming right now with it. Like it – Leonard Taylor, in my opinion, is the most talented defensive tackle in the country outside of Jalen Carter, who's going to be in the NFL draft this year. We know how good he is. We've we've seen the flashes of greatness, right? There's been games this year where he's been the best defensive player in college football. So it it's great to have him. I I I think losing Jordan Miller, losing Daryl Jackson, right, losing Elijah Roberts, that that Losing Allen Hype, you can't lose four players on the interior defensive line when you're already graduating some guys and thinking that it's you're going to be okay. Right? There's going to have to be some 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 digging here. I think that there's probably going to be some guys that aren't in the portal yet that we're going to see start to get some traction to Miami. Um, so that that's something to watch. I I think that they're like to me, Seattle, like that's a guy that they're going to be going after really hard. That's going to be a guy that you're going to see, you know, Ruiz on the phone with. (laughs) You're going to see life wallet opportunities coming out of nowhere, right? He's going to be one of those guys that becomes a focal target in this class because he has a David Hicks type profile, right? Six foot four, six foot five, 290 pounds, right? Can play the three, also has the strength to jump inside on passing downs at the one, Right. Like if you really needed him to uh, helps you in the run game, but also has some pass rush ability. Former top recruit. You, you know, you miss out on a guy like that in the last class because he's looking at Texas A&M's record class in Ohio State. And you're kind of on the outside looking in on that chance to redeem yourself and and grab a defensive tackle that you might not have might not had a chance with out of out of uh, high school. But a, a guy that, you know, is going to be big is Ahmad Moten. Right, like they love him. We've heard really good things, and I think they need to continue to push for those three star type guys in 2023. Um, because remember, Ahmad Moten was a late take. He was yeah. he kind of blew up really late in the process. You and I got a chance to see him early on in the spring game and stuff like that for Cardinal Gibbons. We saw the ability. We just didn't know if he was going to be a Miami guy. So those are the things that they're going to have to do. Alonzo Heisman is going to have to earn his sc- earn, I mean, earn his contract by really, you know uncovering these gems and we've seen him do it right The Andrew Armstrong kid who who they offered very early on in the transfer portal process was a guy that he discovered Colby uh, Young was a guy that he discovered we, we know that he has the ability to spot that talent and we're going to have to see him do that at defensive tackle because I am worried uh, going into next season we, we've seen Miami get gashed in the run game oh yeah for years right and, and that can continue if you don't have the depth, especially if, if Coach Steele is still the defensive coordinator, to run that three-level rotation with four or five guys at defense tackle, it's just not going to work. Uh, you don't have enough bodies. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, we, we saw them really ramp it up defensively, um, especially on the defensive line last year in the transfer portal. And I think that we're going to see a, a very heavy influx of talent uh, in regards to the defensive line this year as well.
0: Yeah, I totally agree about uh, the need to ramp up that particular position group. I'm going to run some names by you. And by the way, we have an uh, an ongoing list on canescounty.com that we update several times a day as far as transfer portal uh, prospects, updates on recruits, uh, us, updates on prospects um, in recruiting as well. Uh, so ah. check that out on canescounty.com some of the names on the D-line from our list. Um, I've got, who do I got here? Uh, let's see. I've got Oluwasi Omotoshu, Tosha, Tosho? <laughs> I'm, but, I'm butchering, butchering these names. He's from uh, Wyoming.
1: the Wyoming guy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you got Bill Norton from, from Georgia, who I don't particularly like. Um, you got Jalen Lee. Um from Florida could be a possibility there. Um, Cedric Roberts, uh, freshman from Oklahoma. Uh Chase Carter is a uh, 6'6, 235, freshman from Michigan State. Um, I'm gonna go through all the all, all the names here and you tell me who you like. Um, Mark Marquise Robinson out of Auburn's freshman. Uh, let's see. We've got Logan Fano out of BYU freshman six, four, two, four. So he's
1: actually, he's going to Utah with his brother. Uh, his brother just, his brother, uh, just committed actually. So he'll be, he'll end up making
0: that move to, uh, to Utah. Okay. Unfortunate uh, to hear that. We got Jordan Butler from Northwestern, uh, 62316. um, this is a guy I don't even like, uh, Lloyd Summerall from from yeah. uh, from Florida. I I don't think that's a take for Miami, not even a little bit. Uh, I think he's a little interesting though. I think he's a little interesting, Polk County kid,
1: right? Yeah. I know that they're continuously trying to build up that Polk County pipeline. I think that's why Sam McCall is a little interesting, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they if they kick the tires on Lloyd Summerall just because, you know, at defensive end, he could be a depth guy, high upside depth guy. Um, I, I haven't heard anything on them reaching out um, or there being any communication yet. I just think he was a guy coming out of high school that, you know, had had some athletic traits that made him really intriguing. I think yeah. those are still there. I think the development with a lot of the Florida kids really hasn't been up to par uh, and, and he's a perfect example of that. So with the Polk County relationship building with Cormani McLean, you know, kind of dipping his foot into the water of, of other, of other programs. I wouldn't be surprised to Miami maybe maybe say we are trying to add 40 to 50 guys is adding Lloyd Summerall as a high upside defensive end prospect, adding Sam McCall to help that safety depth going to hurt us. Probably not. So he's actually an interesting name for me. Uh, Defensive line wise, uh, you know, I've, we've kind of talked about it before, and there hasn't been any talk yet. But Alton Tarver out of Oklahoma from Deerfield Beach, six foot two, two hundred ninety-five to three hundred pounds. We've seen him just absolutely bully people on the high school level. He is he is as strong as a defensive tackle as you're going to find. Uh, doesn't look the part typically, just because he's so trimmed down as a defensive tackle and not that tall and long, but his strength as a, as a like an undersized one technique really is intriguing for me at Miami. Uh, they Miami was pushing for him when Mario Cristobal first came trying to get it, trying to get him to trying to flip him from Georgia tech very late in the process. Um, he ended up signing Oklahoma as a late, late decision. Um, okay. But you know, I, I think he's a guy to watch maybe trying to get back home uh, you know, had some injury problem, injury issues uh, his first year. He would be coming here as an immediate playing time guy who would have four years to play. Four years to play. Yeah. You know, he redshirted. The, I don't think he played a game this season. So, for me, that's really intriguing. Um, another name that might be familiar to some Canes fans, uh, leaving Coastal Carolina, I don't think he would be, like, a high-impact guy. But Willie Moise from Shamanad Madonna, big okay. player who – just didn't you know academically had some issues and that was part of the reason that he uh didn't end up in this class uh when he or in the class when he was supposed to come to Miami um but he was like a long time commit for Miami big body can help out at defensive tackle right like we've, we've seen them take you know the Mitchell Agudes of the world where they weren't superstars at other spots right but fit kind of a role what they're looking for so he, he's in another interesting name of somebody I'd be looking at at defensive tackle Um, and and listen, who knows what happens with Shamar Stewart, right? Who knows what happens there? and He could be a versatile piece, um, that, you know, with everything happening at Texas A&M would not be surprised to see him jump into the portal at some point. Um, if he does, I wouldn't be surprised to see Miami on him. Haven't heard anything on it yet. Um, just speculation. Um, I think any kid at Texas A&M, it has an opportunity to to be in the portal. From what we've seen, what are they? They're over like 20 now, right?
0: Yeah, they're, they're, it definitely seems that way. Uh, every other day, or every day, or every hour, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like an Aggie's in the portal.
1: Yeah, and su- and surprisingly, Bama's kind of like that too this year, right? You're seeing yeah. like Tommy Brockheimer, right? Like we're seeing Javion Cohen, right? We're, we're seeing oh, Christian. Appreciate- yeah, Christian Christian Leary, right? Who's another interesting name yeah. for me. I yeah, yeah. he was out of Edgewater. He was a star, man.
0: He Absolutely. was a star. Totally.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember him being one of those guys. We were like, I hope he ends up at Miami. He was yeah. a you know borderline five star prospect, explosive slot receiver. He was Burchard's, He was the the polished version of Brashard Smith. That's really what he was, in my opinion, and. And I think for a while there, there was some traction with Miami. There was, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see if that traction builds back up. He tried the Bama route. Didn't work out. Uh, JoJo World that you just mentioned. <laughs> Explosive. Explosive yep. is the only way to describe that kid. And, listen, we can love Ray Ray. We can love Robbie. We can love X. We can love all the guys that we put at the slot, right? But Josh Gaddis might have to open up this offense a little bit more so you can put those guys on the field. He talked about it last year, trying to put Rashard Smith and Xavier Strepp on the field at the same time. We didn't ever see it really come to fruition. We saw Rashard Smith kind of throw some subtle shots on Twitter towards the end of the year with uh, his period tweet, uh, you know, in regards to the press conference comments of uh, Josh Gaddis. But I I think that either one of those guys could come in and be an early impact guy at slot, especially if we're going to utilize a rotation of, of receivers. And if we're trying to get speed, if you're, Jakari Brown is your fastest player on your team, you got a problem. And, and, and both of those guys are easily faster than Jakari Brown.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, Alton Tarber, I hope that that comes to fruition. I totally agree with you on that. And um, and JoJo Earl and Christian Leary, the, these guys, uh, I hope, um, become on Miami's radar. A couple other names I wanted to throw out there as far as on the D-line. Is uh Sean Jackson out of Florida State, Jarrett Jackson out of he used to be out of Palm Beach Gardens out of, out of uh Louisville is a player to, to kind of keep your eye on. Um Henry Bryant is a player that I liked a lot in in, in at Atlantic, but you know, he's a little undersized, kind of reminds me of the size of a, like a Nestor Silvera. He's in the portal, just kind of wanted to mention him. Dallas Walker is another one of those Texas A&M guys. This guy is 6'4", 305. He's now in the portal. That's somebody I think Miami should consider just because of the lack of depth at the position. Katron Evans um, out of Jackson State. Uh, This is a guy with four-star coming out of St. Francis. I think this is a guy that they should definitely consider as well, uh, you know, 6'5, 315. Uh, another guy who could definitely fill a need at defensive uh tackle, uh, there. And I had a couple others here. Um, uh, Andre Carter, uh, another defensive end, uh, that you know could could fill a need as well as uh, Braden Fisk. These are two out of western Michigan. And then you got uh another this is another, you know, tongue twister name here. <laughs> um Osida Inma O from <laughs> from Notre Dame. Uh this is a you know athletic guy, another undersized, kind of an undersized guy. Um as far as uh but he he was productive at uh at Notre Dame so who else i got here once again you can see the entire list on canedcounty.com that we are updating yeah that's pretty much it as far as uh any any other, one of any of those names uh, on the d line uh that sound uh, intriguing to you for for me it's Katron Evans i think that's a kid that Miami should definitely go after
1: yeah I could see that um another kid that I could see Miami go after is Keyshawn Silver out of North Carolina former big-time prospect um you know I I think one of the things Miami's gonna do uh, and and you're gonna typically see from all the top programs is they're either gonna go after really high production guys at mid-tier levels right or FCS levels which we've seen you know Miami do countless times before um or they're going to go after really high pedigree prospects that just didn't pan out at other schools and still have, you know, quite some time on their clock. Um, and I think, you know, Silver's one of those guys, um, you know, former big time prospect, um, you know. And and honestly, I, I really think that the guys that they're going to be going after are not guys that are currently in the portal. Right. Like we're just we're what? three days into the portal, right? right, four days yeah. into the portal. three and a half days, basically. Um, So it's, it's, it's still early, man. It's still early. We saw that massive, massive exodus from pretty much every school um, on that first day, on the fifth. But since yeah. then, right, it's kind of dwindled a little bit. But we're still hearing, you know, kids have their exit interviews with schools, still having those conversations with staffs, trying to figure out what's going on there. We're also still seeing bowl games happen. Right. A lot of these kids are not trying to leave during bowl games. And I think you're going to start to see some starters from teams that are not trying to leave their team before the bowl games happen that you could see make some moves um, maybe closer to the beginning of January. Um yeah. so I think that's that's gonna be something to watch. And honestly, a curious question that I have for you is do you think Miami stays put it quarterback? that like there are so many really good players in the port. We saw what 62 quarterbacks jump in like the first day. And and a lot of those were starters. I mean, right. Like Devin Leary from North Carolina state was a big time player, right. Really good. player. I'm sure he's going to go somewhere where there's going to be an automatic playing time opportunity just because it's his final go around. But you know, Sanders out of Oklahoma state, right. Like it's just one guy after the other, um, and and I think that there are some intriguing names. What, what what what's your thoughts on
0: that? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like they should go for a quarterback. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders is is a is a quarterback that I like uh, out of Oklahoma State. I I think that that uh, of all the quarterbacks, I think he is the guy for me. Uh, Devin Leary, to me, I think he's kind of the same guy as as a uh, Tyler Van Dyke. So, um. I think the right thing to do is to go for another transfer uh, portal quarterback just because you had such a lack of a production at the position this this season. I mean, and it you need a guy to kind of push Tyler Van Dyke uh, to really be even better than, than he is. From what I hear, um, they're they're pretty much done as far as, you know, 2023 quarterbacks, Um, I still feel like that there's a possibility that they do take a quarterback. It's highly unlikely. But I think, yeah, you you got to kick the tires on players like, like I said, Spencer Sanders, or if they did want to take a chance on Devin Leary, DJ, Wunglele, um, I wouldn't take a chance on, honestly. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't. Um, you know, some other players, uh, Austin Reed from Western Kentucky is trending as one of those, uh, top quarterbacks that are available out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think they should take a quarterback. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a filled quarterback room, uh, you know, with, with your, the quarterbacks that you have, I guess, but I I don't, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't you know, uh, you know, take a chance at another quarterback. McNamara's already going to Iowa. Um, you know, Davis Brin is a quarterback out of Tulsa that you could just uh, take a chance on. Hudson Card out of uh, Texas, highly recruited kid, not getting a chance over there at Texas now with Arch Manning coming to the fold. He's taking his chance at the at the portal. So I I, I wouldn't be mad at that either. So those are those are some names definitely. I think Miami should definitely take a chance on um, as far as quarterback is concerned, but you know, we'll, we'll see exactly what they do. A couple of uh, other names. I, I do want to mention that Miami has offered is Jeremiah Byers. I don't think we mentioned him. Another offensive line guy out of UTEP 6'4, 331 He's a sophomore uh, played over 800 snaps and graded over 80 with a uh, pro football focus. Um, so, um he's scheduled to actually visit florida state this week this weekend um but i think that's a guy that canes fans should keep on the radar and then jamari butler i just want to make sure i, I mentioned him i'm not sure if i did or not but they did offer the defensive lineman out of nebraska 65245 another guy who can of course be a rotational guy he's an alabama native um, though, that was, uh, another offer from Miami that went out this week. So let's talk about the, uh, the recruits though. Um, you know, a lot of transfer talk and we're going to continue to update our transfer and recruiting tracker on canescounty.com, but there's been a lot of buzz on, on the recruits as of late. And I'll go down the list there. Brandon Ennis seems like he's, you know, not going to be a guy to commit to Miami more and more. Right. Um, And then you got players like Mark Fletcher looking like he's trending towards Florida. You got Samson, Oakland Lola also looking like he's trending towards Florida when it comes to the pl- the public view or the public opinion—that's what it seems like. Uh, what's your opinion on those three prospects: Ennis, Okunlola, and Fletcher? I think Ennis
1: is probably going to stay, just because we—the one opportunity we we as for Miami to to get some, you know. You mean sign with of Ohio life. State, right? Not stay home, right? No, no, he's going to stay Ohio State because. You know, I, I was hoping and praying Brian Brian Hartline was going to take that Cincinnati job. I think we all were. We we're so tired of seeing the top top receivers in high school go to Ohio State and the Alabamas of the world, and he would have just been one notch uh, to take away from Ohio State. And I think that would have really given Miami a chance. So with him locking in for at least the next year, I don't see anything changing. Uh, I know that Brandon's not prob- probably not going to sign until February, so that makes things a little interesting, right? Like you can get them on campus a few more times and continue to show them the love and, and maybe, you know, the boosters, you know, get throw out some NIL opportunities that Ohio state might not be doing. We're hearing the rumors that they're not even paying guys that are not inside their one or, you know, one or two level on their depth chart right now. So it's a pay for play type thing, right? Like if you're not playing, you're not getting paid. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I think, that could be an intriguing thing, but I, I if you if you put a gun to my head and told me where's Brandon And is gonna go, I'm going to Ohio State. Now right. with Mark Fletcher and Samson Okinola, I think Samson is just flirting, right? I think he's just trying to make sure all his options and all stones are are unturned with going to the going to Florida, right? I think that he ends up in Miami. He already announced his commitment, um, is, is gonna be on the fifteenth. Um, so I, I think that decision's pretty much been made, uh, right? Like a week out, I think he, he pretty much knows the deal. I think he's just trying to make sure, you know, he didn't, for you know, there's nothing there that he didn't see or, or, or catch, you know, the first time. Because this is his second time visiting. Um, and Mark Fletcher, I know that there was an in-home with Florida. I still think Miami's there. I still think Miami's there. And another interesting thing is, Having Chris Johnson, having the last word for Chris Johnson, we have talked about this, right? Like we know that he's been flirting with the Clemsons, the Ole Misses, right? Like trying to see what else is out there. But we've seen time and time again with Chris Johnson that it seems to be whoever has his ear last is going to be the team that ends up being the favorite. You know, I spoke to him last night, and he's telling us that Miami's his number one school right now, right? And now that could just be hearsay from the kid. You know, that could be him just – kind of blowing smoke about the process, but he is giving Miami the last visit. And the other thing is Mark Fletcher's also going to give Miami the last visit before early signing day to be able to get the last visits for those two kids. I think is huge because you get to completely exhaust all your recruiting ammunition right there with nobody else to follow up right behind you with some negative recruiting, right? Like in homes are done, right? Nobody's going to be going to see these kids in person, right? Like, State championships are already over, right? So all these things all these things come into play, in my opinion, with an advantage for Miami. Um, and I think that with Mark Fletcher, in my opinion, ending up going to Miami, I think that Damari Brown also ends up at Miami. And I think that you're looking at a lock-it-in top-five class for Miami in 2023. All right.
0: Uh, so you think Christopher Johnson
1: commits to Miami then? I think – I think that there is a high opportunity for Miami to sign him on early signing day. We know that he is not going to announce before then. Um, like I said, if Miami can get his year last, right? Like if, as long as he's not taking a midweek visit or something, we've seen that happen before, right? With, with Jerry Judy visiting Bama, right? I mean, visiting Miami right before signing day and them almost flipping him from a, from Bama. But I still think that there's a chance that he goes, goes elsewhere. I'm not a hundred percent on Chris Johnson to Miami, but the trending is Miami because they're getting the last visit. As we've seen, whoever gets that visit becomes kind of the top school for the speedster. And and I think Miami's in a really good spot there. And we obviously know that there is a need. There is a dire need at running back with so many bodies leaving. Travante citizen coming off a bad knee injury. We hope he's going to end up being the guy that they thought he was going to be, but it could be Don Cheney 2.0, right? Like where we don't ever know what he's going to be. He could just be injured constantly. I don't wish that on the kid, knock on wood. You know, you you, you hope that it's a it's a great recovery and he comes out and he's a 1,200-yard back next year along with Henry Parrish, right? Like he's yeah. the Hassan Haskins of Miami for Josh Gaddis. Like that's, that's what you want, right? right? But you don't know if that's what it's going to be. So if you can grab a Mark Fletcher and a Chris Johnson to fit the roles – of the two backs in this offense, a speedster and a power back, your yin and your yang. I think that you're looking at
0: a bright future in the run game for Miami going forward. Speaking of the running backs, I'm surprised that Miami hasn't offered Byron Cardwell yet. I, I feel like he is the 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 perfect running back to uh, jump into this running back room. Uh, big power back, has great quickness, can take it to the take it the distance as well. Could be an every down back if you need him to be. Um, of course, uh, you know, is familiar with Mario Cristobal and, and, and you know, or, uh, being from Oregon. Um, I'm surprised they haven't jumped on him yet. I think he would be a perfect fit at Miami. And um, I totally agree with you about Samson Okanlola. I, I do feel like he is just, you know, he's enjoying his process or he is taking advantage of of you know visits that are being offered to him i I do strongly believe that he is still going to commit with the class despite what those uh gator fans and and writers may think or or may try to put out there i do think uh pancake honcho still stays with uh miami um damari brown i i'm kind of 50 50 i'm not absolutely sure uh with, with caleb downs going to Alabama, I think that uh, makes it a better option for for Demari Brown to be at Miami. I would probably say maybe 60-40 for me uh, to Miami when it comes to Damari Brown. Fletcher, I'm actually worried about the most. Uh Frank, um it, it just I I know you're you're more on the inside than I am with with what's going on with him, but it just it just worries me the most just because of you know, kind of what he's put out there, um, you know, showing that he's going to be visiting there this week. And and they visited him um, uh, recently as well. Um, hopefully Miami gets the last visit next weekend. I think that would be key. But that one I'm totally 50-50 on, not quite sure where that goes. Miami's also, it seems like they're out with Jermaine Matthews. Jermaine Matthews seems like he's locked in with Ohio State. So that potentially opens up that spot for Damari Brown, um, being that, you know, the, the four star from Cincinnati is going to stay home, which seems uh, very likely. Um, uh, last thing I wanted to ask is Tayshawn Lyons. Tayshawn Lyons will be committing next week. Um, and actually, another person I'm, I'm going to ask about, which is an obvious one that we're going to, uh, also going to be committing next week as well but your your thoughts on tation on lions and where he is going to go with his final four of Notre dame oregon washington and miami
1: yeah i think miami's still in the race but i think this is washington i think this is washington i think a lot of the miami smoke kind of kind of went away um over the last month or so uh i think you know at one point he might have been a silent commit uh, and there was a lot of traction to Miami. But I also think that they're looking heavily in the transfer portal. They might not have been on him as heavily, heavy as they they probably were at the beginning, right? Like he's not getting the Brandon Innis treatment. That's that's not really what's happening here. I think they do like his speed. I think they like what he brings to the table in regards to length on the outside. Um and he fits he fits kind of what they're looking for and what they kind of need um as as a guy that can stretch the field. They don't have too many of those guys on the roster right now. Um, but but I think it, he ends up going to Washington. He's a super West Coast kid. And, um, you know, and Washington's been on him for a little bit. I think they were on yeah. him even before Miami was. So that's that's where I think he ends up. And I know exactly who you are asking about as the next guy <laughs> to commit next Friday, and it is no. the Bane, Ruben Bane, right? Yes, you know, yes, Miami sir. Central legend, all-time sack leader in the history of South Florida. Arguably – Wow. The greatest high school defensive end in South Florida, right? History. Right.
0: Yeah, it's Miami, yeah. baby.
1: It's Miami. It's Miami. I, I, it's
0: Miami. I, I, Miami. 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 Bet the bank Miami. on it. Bet the
1: house on it. Bet the wife Miami. on it. I, I'm betting. I'm betting the house on it. Put my mama on it. I'm putting. <laughs> I'm putting my dog on it. Like whatever <laughs> you want me to put on it, I'm putting on it. That's. I think that's where he ends up, man. There's just been. There's been too many things to happen in Miami's favor in this recruitment, and I and I think that not only do they end up with Reuben Bain, I think they end up with Stanquan Clark as well. Wow! There's just there are just too many too many factors uh, that. But let's be as candid. Auburn and Louisville messed up, man. They messed okay. up, right? Scott Satterfield had a good thing going at Louisville. He had Reuben Owens in the class. He had Stanquan Clark. He was trending for Reuben Bain after Auburn's mess ups. Right, like you got Pierce Clarkson in the class, you got Kateris Hicks, who we love, you got DeAndre Moore. Like it is a who's who class for Louisville this year, and he leaves to go to Cincinnati. And I'll get it. Structure and of, of the contract and, and the ability to make a little bit more money is important, but Louisville messed up. Louisville messed up. Auburn, you fire Rock Bell and Tony. What are you doing? At least wait till February. Keep them on staff. You know what I'm saying, and then you get rid of them afterwards. Once you get right. the kids in the building, they didn't, couldn't even do that. So, uh, you know, I think both of those teams are easily out of this process. Uh, Alabama, I think they're still there, right? But uh, I, I don't think that they're recruiting uh, Ruben as hard as Miami is, and you know, with with so many, you know, family factors in there. Uh, you know, NIL opportunities for Miami, the opportunity to stay home. He's extremely family oriented. Dad and mom are very involved in this process. For him, them to be able to come to every game, I think, is is a, is a benefit as well. And I, I think that he stays home. And I, and I think the same thing with Stan Quan Clark. I think they want him bad. Uh, and I know everybody's going to say five linebackers in
0: the class. How is that? Right? That's what it's, I was going to ask. Like, oh, This is going to be the best linebacker class of all time for Miami. But you need it. You need it. Like, Outside of Weston
1: Bussain, you don't have a guy that you can factually say is going to be a guy that makes an impact on this team in the future. Right? Corey Flagg can be a guy that t- burns snaps, but we've seen him, outside of being a guy that blitzes and makes tackles for loss in the backfield, do anything for this team he's just not what you're looking for. You know, I think he's a good player. I think if he went to somewhere else, I think if he returned back home to Texas, there would definitely be some options for him, especially if somebody runs like a three, four type scheme where you're utilizing like a Mike backer that just has to play tackle to tackle. Yeah. That's where he would be best. But right now you don't chase Smith, chase Smith. Last time you and I saw him, he was, he was on a, he was on a scooter, right? He was on a scooter because he couldn't even walk. Right. Like it, and we have not seen him get on the field. I mean, the last time we even really seen him play football, he was mostly playing receiver. So, you know, he was a 750-yard receiver, double-digit guy, touchdown guy in high school. So we don't even know if he has the ability to play linebacker or the physicality that is needed. And remember, he's not a Mario Cristobal recruit. So to bring in five different guys, you flip that room. That means you have four-year Potentially four years. The ability to transfer portal always makes that a fun conversation. Um, but I, I like the idea of five linebackers in this class, especially with the fact that if you wanted to, link, Bryant could be a pass rush type guy on third down. So um, oh. you know, versatile piece, versatile piece, and and I think that you know, there's some some intriguing intriguing physical profiles in that linebacker group, and Stanquan Clark would,
0: in my opinion, be the best of the bunch. Awesome um congratulations to Shamanad madonna by the way um no surprise there <laughs> uh they blew out uh colorado central catholic i think the sh- i think the shame of the year for chaminade is the fact that they don't play central saint thomas or patience. even modern patience, day patience. Like, that's, that's the only downfall of this year. It's like, what could have been or how great could have been? Because this team, I mean, granted, this team is basically all coming back next season. So, I think they should be the preseason number one team in the nation. We'll see what the, you know, what the so-called experts think about them, uh, ne- you know, next fall or whatnot. But this team, outstanding. I mean, uh, doesn't have a flaw, really. I mean, just... Top to bottom, just a great team. I heard there was a ton of uh, recruits of um, scouts. I mean, at uh, the game yesterday. And the first thing that came to my mind, Frank, when I heard that was like, oh, my God, if Miami loses out on CJ Bailey, bro, I feel like, and he ends up being like a guy, like ends up being like one of those guys. It's going to be heartbreaking. It's gonna be it's gonna be heartbreaking for people like us, you know, who 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 watch this kid and and know how great he is or 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 the 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 the, the ceiling the, 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 is there a ceiling this, this this kid can be really good he's really good at avoiding pressure in the pocket I know he has to improve on his mechanics when it comes to throwing the ball but he's just I I just think if Miami misses out on this particular kid and like everybody else, I think they have a chance at, right? Like a legitimate chance. I could see them in the class for next season. I could see Jojo, JJ, I could see Zaquan in the class next season, really, especially if, if Miami has a, a, a nine win or higher season. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to kind of touch on that, uh, just Shamanad and 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 how great that team uh, really is, and um, just how much of a focus Miami needs to have uh, to to land, you know, potentially, you know, I, I I think if they land four kids from that team, that's a huge win. You know, it's uh, I don't think that's I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, but I do think that's a low possibility to land four kids from Chaminade. But, you know, because it just really doesn't happen. Not since 2007, really, since Randy Shannon landed like six kids from Miami Northwestern, did something like that happen. But um,
1: we got we got four from IMG in this class.
0: True. True. We do. We do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it could happen. It could happen, but I uh, just kind of wanted to comment on that and and just congratulate Coach Jones and all those coaches out there, all those great coaches out there that we know and uh, the job that that Chaminade has done. They are officially, like, in the upper echelon of teams, not only in the state of Florida, like you have to mention Chaminade now, amongst Central St. Thomas and IMG. Like you have to mention Shamanad as one of those great teams. Um but now they're they're finally really being mentioned in the national stage. And um this is a team that I would I would play against anybody in the country. I, I think they would beat any team out, outside of Florida. Yeah, I, I,
1: I totally agree with you. The, and they're gonna end up playing Bishop Gorman uh next week. Um I think they okay. beat the breaks off I think they beat the breaks off him and, and everybody wants to talk about Zachariah Branch. I think you know he's a really good player, and I don't think one player is gonna beat that Chaminade team, right? Because we we know how good Chaminade is. And and just to touch on on what you were saying on CJ Bailey, right? Like I love Michael Van Buren. I love Aaron Norland. I, I think that there's a lot of talented quarterbacks. Isaac Wilson is another kid out of corner canyons in in Utah. Um, but CJ Bailey's a winner, man. He's a winner. This kid is going to finish the year with over 50 touchdowns. Um, you know, nearly 4,000 yards of total offense, right? Like those are type type numbers that are historic in the state of Florida. And we're talking about a kid that is going to win three plus state championships, in his time in high school, right? As a six foot six, 210 pound kid with mobility, ability to be Wow. Six, six, six. six. He has, you know, since he's been in Little League, he's lost like a total of like four games since he was like eight years old. Wow. Like that's just, he's just a winner. He's the epitome of a winner. And what people don't understand is if you recruit CJ Bailey, if you give CJ Bailey a shot, your chances of getting the phenom, the phenom, Jeremiah Smith, right, and freak athlete Saquon Patterson and, and, and Josiah Trader and Davion Gaus, and, and even beyond that, you know, C.J. Ewald, who's a top 100 recruit for us, and Kyle Washington, and, and all these kids that are going to be future stars for Chaminade, right, and are stars for Chaminade already, are higher right? Like, and I know we've seen kids from Chaminade not pan out, the Thad Franklins and the Allen Hots, right? But we're seeing a different age of Chaminade kids right now, and you have to get in the boat there. You have to. There, there, there's no way you just let those kids go to another program. Like, if those kids are going to Ohio State, your chances of winning national titles are, are is dwindling. And and you and I, I spoke about it. I went back and I actually, you know, took a look at um, some of the numbers. Like, Miami has only hit on like 15 kids in the like local kids in the rivals top 250 in the last 10 years. That's an average of 1.5 a year. That is not good, right? Like if, if you out of all the kids, right, and, and on average there are like nine to ten kids that are in the rivals top 250 from South Florida, and you only get one and a half of those kids. That is not good. That is not good. It, it, it is not, and that's the reason why like everybody wants to talk about the South Florida kid isn't panning out. No, the South Florida kids that we're recruiting aren't panning out because never one time in the last 10 years has Miami gotten the top kid out of South Florida. That is a, an astounding stat when you are in a 30 mile radius of, of every single school down here. And anytime there's a kid who's the number one kid in South Florida, and you never get him, it's either Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, or Florida state. That's not good. Right, Florida State should not be getting kids that are the number one kid out of South Florida before you, and and that's got to change. That's got to change, and it starts next year with Jeremiah Smith, who's the number two prospect in the country and probably as can't miss as you possibly can get. And we saw it again with two touchdowns last night, including a highlight reel one hander. So yeah, I saw that; it was ridiculous. Yeah, not surprised at all
0: though. (laughs) C.J. Bailey to Miami.
1: We're gonna we're we're talking about it um yeah. and we're going to start and, the campaign yeah.
0: we're right here on canescounty.com cj to miami we <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to start the hashtag yeah yeah man so um uh, of course we've got more state championships to come we're expecting well we're we're guaranteed to have at least two two more uh because we've got two uh two south florida matchups uh that will be happening um you know, next week with Central versus American Heritage and also Homestead against St. Thomas. So uh, that is um, going to – well, one more thing um, is that we're hearing smoke about uh, Cormonti McClain. Cormonti um we heard, may take a visit to Alabama. Um, so that hasn't been confirmed on my end. Uh, what are you hearing on that, Frank? I'm hearing that Nick Saban is coming hard.
1: And, you know, we, we went in the message boards and kind of talked about it. But I, I think that unless unless it, uh, an absolute crazy NIL opportunity comes across Coramani McLean's desk, this ain't happening. Uh, I'm not really worried here. Um, from everything I'm hearing, you know, Miami was in a really good spot when he did commit. Uh, just last week, Demarcus Van Dyke, was on the field with his mom talking to her pretty much the entire game while also evaluating his teammate, right, and and sidekick cornerback, Shadarian Harrison, right, who's a pit commit. Um, so it's like, for me, there's just too many things in place for Miami to get him. I think it's much similar to a Samson Lola situation where a kid is kicking the tires before early signing day and just making sure he's covering all his bases. Um, yeah. And I think that Bama is coming hard and he wants to respect, you know, someone who's, who's considered the GOAT, Nick Saban. He's going to hear him out. You, you know, even if you're not going to go there, you want to make sure you, you hear him out. Right. And and I think that he deserves that respect. Like as my fans, we can't be mad at a kid when the guy who is who's done the best at developing defensive back talent comes and calls on a kid. He's going to, he's going to be heard out. And um, I, I respect the kid for, you know, kind of going through the process the way that he is. He's been pretty quiet. You don't see him flirting around too much. He's been pretty much all about Miami, wearing Miami gear, um, you know, since his commitment. And yeah. I, I think that I think that you know, there's is there always a chance Nick Saban can can pull off a miracle? Same way we talk about Mario Cristobal pulling off miracles. Absolutely. Yeah. I just do not feel I don't feel I don't feel worried about this one. Uh, just because of the NIL factor that is tied in here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. I think um, Miami's got the inside on this one. Of course, you know you can't count Alabama out, like you said. But I think Cormani is, is is pretty pretty much locked in. The five star that's committed to the 2023 class, number three overall prospect. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. I'm um, Marcus Benjamin again, and he is Frank tucker Uh, like i said be sure to follow us on on twitter at canes underscore county uh instagram canes.county also uh, definitely subscribe to our website for exclusive information canescounty.com subscribe to us on youtube as well at canes county until the next episode